Welcome into the Power Alley. If you're familiar with the podcast, I'm your host, Pat Mellicaro. On the first off-season edition of the Power Alley, we'll take a look back at the final month-plus of the 2019 regular season for the Buffalo Bisons, which saw the team win 15 games through August and the first two days of September, culminating in the season finale victory at scranton Wilkesbury. It was an exciting final month of the year for Buffalo as the Bisons began August six games out of the Northern Division chase, but eventually got within one game of scranton Wilkesbury. The Rail Riders clinging to that divisional lead would eventually hold on and pick up the pennant in the International League North, but the Bisons made things very tough for their International League Northern Division foe in the process. We'll take a listen to some of the highlights from the final month of the year that included one of the most historic performances in the modern era by a Bisons pitcher, that the no-hitter by T.J. Zoik in Rochester, and also some of the other offensive highlights that helped cap off what was a fun and exciting 2019 season. But first, every year on the season's final day, we check in with the Bison manager, and this year was no different. Bobby Meacher managing the Bisons for the third straight year, after what was a disappointing 2018, the start of 2019 did not go so well. Enter the month of June, where the Bisons went 20-10, and 10, culminating in what was a third-place finish in the North. Buffalo finished above 500 on the season as well, with 71 victories on the year. So a successful 2019 campaign, although it did not culminate in what was the hopes of a 2019 Governor's Cup playoff berth. Let's take a listen as I chatted with the Bison's manager one final time on the season's final day back on September the 2nd. It's hard to believe game 140 is upon us and the, and the season's going to end after today. It just, it feels like it just began. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, we're at the end here. Hope, you know, we were hoping for better results at, at this last uh, day of the, of the season. But, um, you know, the guys played, you know, played extremely hard. Um, guys worked really, uh, really hard for us. Uh, out there on the field so uh, you know all I can ask for these guys to go out there and do their best and that's what they've done came up a little short but it's been a fun season assured yourselves of at least a a 500 year a chance to go out on a winning note today and a a winning record there's been a lot of high points this year is there one moment that really sticks out to you as like something that you can hang your hat on this year uh you know not one you know not one there's you know several moments you know Zoic's no hitter was fun uh fun to watch a guy do so well and his teammates around him like it's fun to watch uh um, to get to tell Bo he's going to the big leagues and uh, his teammates just uh, really be excited for him. It was fun to you know see a lot of guys like uh, you know Biggio and and Gurriel when they went up that same time that that and once you know they went together and that was fun to watch when they were so happy as they were not expecting it but just were putting their nose to you know to the grindstone and, and really working hard and and getting you know paid back for that uh, for that work so. It's just a lot of fun letting guys know they're going to the big leagues. That's always the funnest part of the year uh, of my of my job, I should say. And so, uh, not one thing that stands out, but but a lot of good memories. Yeah, it feels like th- there's just so much going on. You mentioned uh, a couple of the moves, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with this team for a little bit as well, and the expectation of him going to the big leagues. So even though it was kind of a a lot of the same things happen that normally do over the course of the year, this was anything but a normal season. Yeah, well, you know, I felt I was joking around. We have like three teams this year. You know, the team that, at the beginning that was, you know, it wasn't playing real good. We weren't really ready, I don't think, coming out of the shoot. And then, and we also had. Then we had the next team that was pre- pretty good. We you know, we were prepared, and guys were finally getting into you know their routines and and working and in the right ways. And then and then a bunch of guys left, and a bunch of new guys came in. And so we got a, a lot of new players at this level. They're really working hard, working guys who kept it together, and and all the way till the end gave us a shot to win. 
for you in year three as a Bison manager? Did this feel different, the same, or, or, or anything like that in year for you? Yeah, it felt different. I mean, for me, it was a difference of uh, having to make sure that the guys that have been told their whole career how good they are, <laughs> that they keep working hard and uh, and they haven't made it yet. But, they, you know, so when you kind of hit them in the face with that, sometimes those guys, you know, take it differently. They don't really take it well. But these guys were able to understand that what I meant was, you know, it's still a long way to go to, to get become the best they can be. So I had to make sure of that. I had to make sure that the young guys that were uh, kind of like the forgotten ones, so to speak, the guys were in the, in the background of those of the big names were were also being included and made sure they knew that they were important to the you know to me and to, to our coaching staff and to the and to the Blue Jays as far as su- succeeding in what they were doing. So you know, it was just a little a little different um, um, mesh of talent, a little different mesh of, of uh, personalities. A lot of guys that I had not had before. Um, past years up until really this season I had a lot of players over the course of a few years that kind of stayed on with me for you know the year-to-year thing and this year wasn't that many guys that knew me so um, that was different in that regard and but it was it was good to get to know these new guys and uh, hopefully they, they felt the same about me. I wanted to ask you about that because it felt like a transition year. Guys like Jason Lublebeja and Tim and Christian Lopes, guys that were coming up through the organization together. It's it was a different year, like uh, new players coming through and, and and new faces that Bison fans hadn't seen. Yeah, you know it was just a lot of new guys, and I think you know the expectation was, oh man, we're going to get all these you know top prospect guys that are coming in here. They're going to be here for the year, and and they're going to play. I mean, I'm sure that was the high expectation in Buffalo, but. You know, sometimes things happen, and that's what happened. You know, this year these guys have matured quick enough to they just kind of stop by here in Buffalo and, and, and breeze on through where the, the guys that were here before had kind of made it step by step. And uh, so it was a little different, but, uh, you, know, you know, the results were good. We got a lot of guys um, better. Uh, they, they got themselves better. They worked hard to do that, and they got themselves, a lot of them, to the big leagues and, and some that are still here are right on the brink of getting there. We mentioned it before, but how about the veteran leadership of this team and a guy like Andy Burns who comes back to the organization that drafted him, brought him to the big leagues, and what he has meant to this team? Yeah, I mean, Burns has been great. You know, he, he's played uh, in, in anywhere where I've put him in, in the infield. He's played everywhere. and He played. <clears throat> he wanted to go out in the outfield a bunch of times, and we had too many to go set him out there, but it would have it would have worked out well. But he was the, you know, one of the few guys that had uh, been here the whole time that kind of kind of kept it all together, you know, um, We've seen guys over the years do that, and typically it's not the veteran guys that do that. So usually it's the guys that have been in the organization, they're younger and, and hoping to get a shot. But for a guy like Burns to, to be a veteran guy, to have aspirations to get back to the big leagues, but still um, be uh, just helpful enough to want to help these guys around him and, and be good and win here, uh, it just um, it speaks volumes about the, the character of a guy like Andy Burns. Well, Meech, thanks for your time today. Thanks for your time all season long. It's been uh, fun catching up every every weekend. Yeah, it's been fun, Pat. Our thanks to Bobby Meacham for his chat, not only for that final day of the 2019 season, but for all three years that he has been with the Buffalo Bisons, whether it be pregame interviews on Sunday afternoons, in-game conversations that we have enjoyed and learned a lot of insights from the Bison skipper over the course of his time here in Buffalo. Now it's time for a look back at the month of August for the Bisons and the first two days of September. Combined, the Bisons would pick up 15 victories over the final month plus of the year. The Herd would begin the month of August, six games out in the Northern Division chase. The Bisons, with their 20-10 and 10 month of June, put themselves back in striking distance after what was a low point of the season, taking on scranton Wilkesbury at the beginning of that month, but factor in victories over Western Division opponents like Indianapolis in the South. It was Norfolk who the Bisons dominated 5-1, and one, all setting up a chance for Buffalo to 
begin the month of August with at least a puncher's chance at coming back, trying to come from behind to pick up the Northern Division title, something Buffalo has not secured in more than a decade. And the month of August began in spectacular fashion as the Bisons would pick up a shutout victory with their final of the season in their final game at Lehigh Valley. Next pitch hit in the air to right. Backing on it is Shane Robinson. He's looking up at the wall, and this one is out of here. Michael De La Cruz going deep to right. It's a three-run home run, and the Bisons strike first. Michael De La Cruz picking up his third home run of the season, and that one did not leave much doubt. Straley's pitch. Drill out towards center field. Going back is Canelo at the wall. Looks up. Home run. Three-run shot off the bat of Rowdy Telez to the deepest part of the ballpark. The second three-run homer of the game makes it a 6-0 Bison's lead. Slide step, another line drive to the right side, and it'll drop in front of Patterson for a base hit. Runner trying to go to third as will throw is on the dime, and Castillo is out. Jordan Patterson with a missile from right field. Castillo is thrown out 9-5, and that is the third out of the inning. What a throw by Jordan Patterson. The Iron Pigs are held scoreless. Matt Dermody picked up the win for the Bisons in their 6-0 win over the Iron Pigs. Then Buffalo would return home for a quick three-game series against Syracuse. The Mets would be a thorn in Buffalo's side all year long, including the three-game set where the Mets took two out of three. It'd be Syracuse that ends up second place in the Northern Division when all is said and done. We'll recap that in a moment. But the Bisons would then head out on the road after three games against Syracuse heading to Toledo and Columbus for their lone trips to the International League Western Division cities on the year. And it would be a big offensive outburst from the Bisons on August the 7th that would help lead to a 7-2 win over the Mudhens. And here's a little blooper out into shallow center field, and that ball's going to drop for a base hit. Telez will score on the play. Brito dumps one in in the Bermuda Triangle out there, and the Bisons have tied it up. It's a 1-1 ball game here in the fifth. Oh, Burns crushes one to deep left field. If it's high enough, it's gone, and that ball is out of here. Andy Burns takes an 0-2 slider over the wall down the left field line. A two-run blast, and the Bisons lead it 3-1. Burns is absolutely on fire. Happy birthday, Andy Burns. This one is driven out toward left center field. Stewart going back, looking up, and that ball is gone. Back-to-back jacks here in the fifth inning. Andy Burns and Michael De La Cruz, the eighth and ninth hitters, go deep. And that one was in the gap in left center field. That was no cheapie there. That ball was hit a ton. De La Cruz with his fourth of the season. And the Bisons lead it 4-1 here in the fifth. Here's the 0-2. Swung on drive, deep center field. Going back is Cameron. He's going to get at the track and jump. And that ball is gone. Right to the left of the 4-0-2 sign. A three-run bomb by Anthony Alford. Alford's sixth home run of the year. RBIs 32, 33, and 34. Man, oh, man, that thing kept going. Connor Fisk was dominant in the performance for Buffalo on the mound as well as the three home run performance by the Bisons. It would be back-to-back quality starts for Fisk against the Mud Hens as he would pick up the win on the seventh. The Bisons would finish the road trip just two and four. 
Just two wins, one in Toledo, one in Columbus, and it would really set things up for Buffalo to really have to come out strong on their second-to-last homestand of the season, which saw the Mudhens visit downtown Buffalo, and it was one of the August call-ups, Santiago Espinal, who helped Buffalo walk off winners against the Mudhens on August the 14th. And the pitch. Swung on, hit through the middle, base hit into center field. Davis rounds third, heading for home. Cameron comes up throwing. The throw is offline. He dives home. He's safe. Bisons win it. The herd walks it off in the 11th. Solid base hit to center field by Santiago Espinal, who has suddenly found his stroke at the plate for the Bisons. A huge win for Buffalo today. A huge win for the herd as they come back and win it in the bottom half of the 11th. Espinal would appear in 26 games with Buffalo after being promoted from AA New Hampshire. A very successful August saw Espinal hit 313 with a couple of home runs and 12 RBIs, including the game-winning RBI in the 11th inning against Toledo on August the 14th. It helped Buffalo get within one game of the Northern Division leading Scranton-Wilkesbury Rail Riders. Heading into August 19th game at Rochester, the Bisons found themselves two games out of the Northern Division lead looking up at Scranton-Wilkesbury, and few would know what the night would entail. The Bisons would have a historic performance. Buffalo had not had a no-hitter by a starting pitcher since June the 20th, 1997. That's when Bartolo Colon no-hit the New Orleans Zephyrs here at the downtown ballpark. The Bisons would begin their four-game road trip in Rochester, and T.J. Zoik, somebody who joined the Bisons midway through the year, had been pitching very well, but nobody would anticipate the historic performance at Frontier Field as Zoik would no-hit the Red Wings, helping Buffalo secure a 3-0 win, but in the ninth inning, it was the key defensive play of the game. When you look back at no-hit and perfect game performances, there seems to be always one play throughout the course of the game defensively that could swing the momentum break up the no-hitter or not. In this case, it was Jonathan Davis who once again came up big for the herd. Now from the windup, the 3-1 pitch. is hit towards center field coming on is Davis. In a dive. He oh, what a grab! He makes a snow cone catch in center field. What a play by Davis coming straight toward home plate. Dives like Superman. He does his best Kevin Pilar imitation to haul it in. What a play! There's your play right there as T.J. Zoik is one out away. And I'm watching the replay. He definitely caught it, too. He did not trap that ball. What a great catch by Davis, who's smiling as he's showing the ball to the umpire. What a play. His diving catch in center field helped preserve the no-hitter, and then just a couple of pitches later, T.J. Zoik would finish it off. Well, you think he's got a little adrenaline going? The 1-0 pitch. Is hit back up the middle. Zoiko field. He'll underhand to first. And TJ Zoik has picked up the no hitter. For the first time in 22 years, the Bisons have a no hitter as TJ Zoik is mobbed by first base. And he gets a standing ovation from the fans here in Rochester. Can it come at a bigger time for the Bisons, too? Unbelievable effort by TJ Zoik tonight. Unbelievable. And how about that catch by Davis? Wow. Zoik's no-hitter is just the second in the modern era for the Buffalo Bison since 1985. And with that no-hitter, it put Buffalo within two games of Scranton-Wilkesbury heading into what was the final two weeks of the regular season. And that's as close as Buffalo would get. The Bisons would take the opening game in Scranton-Wilkesbury. Nate Pearson would notch his first AAA win in an 8-7 victory over the Rail Riders on August the 30th. However, Scranton's 9-4 win 
on August the 31st, set up the final two games of the regular season in September. Scranton picked up the win on September 1st, and then on Labor Day, the Bisons would finish the season with a bang. Payoff, drill towards left. Going over a couple of steps as Zayner looks up, and that's a home run. The 19th of the season for Andy Burns, a two-run shot, gives Buffalo a 2-0 lead. Machieski with the high set, 1-0 pitch. Broken bat chopper through the right side for a base hit. Coteau couldn't come up with it. Rounding third, heading for home is Cantwell. So he will score on the broken bat dribbler through the right side. For Jonathan Davis, an RBI base hit makes it 3-1 Buffalo. The next pitch is swung on and drilled towards left. Way out of here. A home run off the bat of Anthony Alford, his seventh of the season, and it's 4-1 Buffalo. Oh, there's a second. That one deep to right. Way back and way out of here. Oh, my goodness. Wall turned on that one, and he absolutely crushed that one. To the left of the Budweiser Railhouse out there, up on the concourse, a towering drive by Wall, his second of the season. Buffalo's 71st win of the season was capped off by some of the key members of the 2019 Bisons, including Andy Burns, who was named the hometown hero. And what a 2019 it was for Burns. Coming back stateside for the first time in three years after spending the last two seasons in Korea, back with the team that drafted him, with the franchise that helped him get to the big leagues. And then this season in a role where he was a veteran leader of the team, Andy Burns once again coming through. Ryan Fearben got the win in Buffalo's 5-3 season-ending victory over scranton Wilkesbury, and it helped Buffalo secure their 71st win of the season. So the Bisons would finish the year four and a half games back of the Northern Division Championship as scranton Wilkesbury would play game 141 after the end of the season as Syracuse and Scranton were tied for the Division Championship. Scranton would eventually win a wild game and secure the Division Championship Syracuse finished second, and Buffalo finished third. Again, four and a half games back in the Northern Division standings. I hope you enjoyed joining us all season long throughout the course of our broadcast, along with my broadcast partner, Duke McGuire, whether it be over the air on ESPN 1520, streaming online at bisons.com, maybe even using the TuneIn app. And for those of you who join us on MILB.TV, we appreciate you joining us throughout the year. And we can't forget about our great partners at WIVB, WNLO, the CW23, bringing you 10 Bison broadcasts over the air on television this year on the CW23 in what was a great partnership with our friends at Channel 4 and the CW23. Don't forget to check back in throughout the course of the offseason as we will continue to update you on the latest happenings in the world of the Buffalo Bisons and the Toronto Blue Jays as we get you through these next couple of winter months and set things up for the 2020 season for the Bisons, the 35th in the modern era of the herd. Until then, I'm Pat Malacaro. Thanks for joining us in the Power Alley.